Grace, mercy, and peace be and abide with each of you in the name of Jesus Christ, our King, our Lord, our Savior. Amen. Three years. Three years Jesus walked this earth. Three years Jesus in that period of time. He preached, he taught, he met the sick, the grieving, the hurting He performed miracles and revealed time and time again that this was the one who had been prophesied to come. This was the one who had come to truly be the Redeemer of the world. This is the one who was truly the divine Son of God. This is the one who came to be your King and my King. He came to trade places. When I uh, wrote down that theme, studying through the texts, you know, some six, eight weeks ago, when I was planning ahead as I normally do and begin some basic outlines and thoughts, and right away when I came and said to myself, trading places, that's what he was doing, my mind reeled back to and I couldn't remember exactly the year, but it was 1983. Anybody remember the movie by that name? Dan Aykroyd? Eddie Murphy? In that movie, just to set it up a little bit, there were these two men, brothers, the Duke brothers, Randolph and Mortimer. And they loved to kind of have these bets with each other. And what they did is they arranged for Louis Winthrop III, a rich commodities trader there uh, in Chicago, played by Dan Aykroyd, to be thrown out of his house, to lose his car, to lose his job. And they did all this by planting on him drugs and money. In the meantime, they took uh, Dan Aykroyd, uh, or excuse me, uh, Eddie Murphy, who was playing the role of Billy Ray Valentine, and they took him off the streets. And they put him into uh, Winthrop's uh, home and his car. They gave him his butler, his job, and everything. The goal of this $1 bet was to prove whether it was environment, or biology that determined how people will respond in life. Well, hopefully you can praise God today knowing this, that we have a God who loves us so much as his children that he doesn't toy with our lives like, you know, the uh, Duke brothers did. We have a God, however, who did send his son, Jesus Christ, to trade places with us. This Holy Week, not just today, but each day throughout this week, you have those devotional books, and then we'll be here together again, Monday, Thursday, remembering Jesus celebrating with his disciples the Passover meal, that which we have come to know as the Last Supper. We will gather then on Friday, Good Friday, to remember again his suffering and his death. And then ultimately we will gather again on Sunday. But these days ahead, they're a gift. 
And my prayer for you is that you will take this time and you will journey this holy week holding on to this image of knowing that your God has stepped in and has traded places with you. So what does this mean? What does it mean that Jesus traded places with us? Well, on the cross, we know, we understand, I pray, that there he took the punishment that we deserve for our sin. Jesus didn't deserve to die. He was holy. He was perfect. He was that lamb without blemish. But he willingly took our place and experienced true death for us. The suffering, the death he suffered in our place was done as a substitution. As 1 Peter 3 says, For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. The righteous for the unrighteous, the holy for the unholy, the innocent for the guilty. Jesus took our place. And so this brings up a a vital teaching of our, our Christian faith. You know, big doctrinal terminology that we don't often use very much. Even sometimes in church, we maybe don't speak these kind of phrases. But substitutionary atonement, which teaches that Christ Jesus suffered vicariously for us, that he substituted himself for the sinner, and his sufferings were payment for our judgment. On the cross, he took our place in several ways. He took our place in that he was made sin for us. Paul writes, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, he made him who knew no sin, to be sin on our behalf, so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Jesus was hanging there between heaven and earth on that cross, carrying upon himself the sins of the world, the whole world, your sins, my sins, every person who has ever lived. The perfect Son of Man carried our guilt and our punishment. Now, maybe even there we slow down for a minute because when we have heard this our whole lives, maybe after a while it just almost becomes just like a droning sound. Not that it's bad, but the fact is we forget and fully comprehend our need for punishment. We have a just God. Listen, anybody here ever do something when you were a child and get grounded? That was one of my dad's favorite things. Come on, anybody get grounded? Yeah. How about losing the car keys, guys? Anybody lose the car keys because dad found you peeling your uh, uh, rubber somewhere out on the streets? Really? Come on. All right, I'm the only one who got that one too. We live in a society also where we talk about, you know, civil justice laws and the application of those laws when we are found guilty are there not only for our well-being, but for the well-being of society, of the citizenship as a whole. 
Our God is a just God. And when His laws have been broken, there must be a judgment and punishment. And Jesus traded places with us and took it on Himself. And Jesus traded places with us in that He experienced true physical death. Not just any death, but the death of a lawbreaker. Everyone dies, but there's a difference between dying a natural death and dying one of being executed for crime. Sin is the violation of God's law. And in ex- uh, um, uh, Ezekiel 18, it says, the soul who sins shall die. And then we know, certainly, uh, Romans chapter 3, where it says the wages, the payment, the consequence of sin is death. Jesus stepped in. Yet Jesus came into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. Knowing what lay before him, and he looked out over the city of Jerusalem, he looked out over the people, and he saw how they were struggling, how they were burdened under the effects of their sins, and it says he wept over Jerusalem. He wept over our condition, and he stepped in, and he released us from the penalty of death. Although he had committed no crime, Jesus was executed. In fact, it is because he was sinless at his death that is acceptable sacrifice in our place. An old gospel song says, He paid a debt he did not owe. I owed a debt I could not pay. So Jesus took our place bearing the penalty of sin and dying in our place. The Lord says through Paul in Colossians chapter 2, When you were dead in your sins, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. Nailed it to the cross. In other words, God nailed all the accusations against you and me to the cross. God will never see the believer. He will never see you or me as deserving of the death penalty because our crimes have already been paid for with the punishment in the body of Jesus. God's word assures us in Revelations chapter 7, these are they who have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Not in what we have done, not in what we have prayed, not in what we have tried to do, but as we have trusted in the blood of the Lamb in Jesus' death. God's law says, you are guilty of sin against a holy God. Justice, it demands life. But today, we see our Lord enter into Jerusalem as we again begin this week of remembering what lay before him. We see Jesus weep over our condition, and better than that, not just an emotion, 
not just sorrow, but we see him responding, saying, Father, take my life instead. The fact is that Jesus took our place shows God's great love. For as John 15 says, no love has, no greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for one's friends. Love in action. But the penalty for sin extends beyond physical death to also including a spiritual separation from God. Again, Jesus traded places with us. Part of the Christ's agony on the cross was that true separation from the Father. After three hours of darkness, Jesus cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you abandoned me? Why have you left me here alone? Friends, because of Jesus' sacrifice on our behalf, we never need to experience that sense of abandonment, that sense of being separated from God for all eternity as we were facing. And we can never fathom, at least in this life, how much God the Son suffered in trading places with us. In closing, listen carefully to these words of the prophet Isaiah. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. The Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Yes, trading places, that is what our God has done out of love for you, for me, and for all people. May he bless us as we journey together with him in his passion this week, again remembering, indeed, he has traded places. Amen.